If making it easier to vote is bad for the Republican Party, shame on them. You just noticing, Senator? Okay. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. It ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with From you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI and Round Mountain on KKRN and in Eureka on KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ and Cottage Grove on KSO and in Eugene on KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, oh, we'll be talking about Pennsylvania today. In Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, and New Orleans on WHIV. In Gallup, New Mexico, on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle, on KODX, in Goldendale, Washington, on KVGD, in Janesville, Washington, on WADR, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for your convenience. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. We have a whole lot to get to today, including just maybe we will uh, allow Desi Doyen to bring one of her green news reports to us a little bit later in the show. <laughs> just well, I hope maybe. so. I cooked it up special for y'all. We'll see what you're cooking up a little bit later. In the meantime, Donald Trump's latest very bad week is getting very badder. I guess Donald Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, filed a lawsuit on Thursday claiming the Trump organization broke a promise to pay his legal bills and owes him at least one point nine million dollars to cover the cost of his defense. The lawsuit was filed on Thursday in New York State Court. It claims the Trump organization stopped paying Michael Cohn's mounting legal fees after he began cooperating with federal prosecutors in their investigations related to Trump's business dealings in Russia and attempts to silence women with embarrassing stories about his personal life. It alleges breach of contract and seeks damages on Cohen's behalf. And it sure seems, at least to me, I'm not an attorney or a judge, but it sure seems like Cohen has a good case here. The lawsuit says the company stopped paying for his legal defense about two months after the FBI raided Cohen's home and office last year, you know, at the time that Cohen most needed good attorneys It says that was around the time that Cohn began discussing privately with friends and family that he was considering cooperating with special counsel Robert Mueller and federal prosecutors in New York 
Cohn pleaded guilty in August to tax crimes and lying to Congress and campaign finance violations. The last of those two, lying to Congress and campaign finance violations, were both done on behalf of Donald Trump by Michael Cohen. Not They were not in Michael Cohen's personal interests. Yes, he's, he's going to federal prison in two months, in no small part, for charges related to what he did for his boss, Donald Trump, and the Trump Organization, not for himself. He's expected to begin serving a three-year prison term in May. That would be Cohen, not Trump, not yet. The lawsuit said that as part of his work for uh, for Donald Trump, the company had agreed to indemnify him for his company related work. It said that the Trump organization initially lived up to that promise. They foot the bill for more than one point seven million dollars in Cohn's legal fees initially. He had hired uh, a, a law firm in the spring of 2017 after it became clear that he was a, quote, person of interest in Mueller's investigation. That firm eventually withdrew from his case last spring after the Trump organization stopped paying Cohen's legal bills. So they were paying this firm on behalf of Cohen, as they had agreed to do. And then suddenly they decided to stop paying his bills once they didn't like what Michael Cohen was saying, essentially. In addition to the $1.9 million in legal fees that Cohen is seeking, the lawsuit claims the Trump organization should also pay the $1.9 million that Cohen was ordered to forfeit, quote, as part of his criminal sentence arising from conduct undertaken by Mr. Cohen in the furtherance uh, in furtherance of and at the behest of the Trump organization and its principals, directors and officers. Seems like he's got a good case here. He was he was working for them. Uh, He was on their payroll doing their bidding and they were paying him to do uh, their bidding until they didn't like uh, what he was doing. Why should he have to pay the costs for that? Well, I would agree with you on that. I Number one, I hope that he has it in writing. And number two, gosh, Trump reneging on a deal? Yeah. What a shock. Who'd have thunk? Earlier this year, Cohn hired two new Chicago lawyers and parted ways with the attorneys who had represented him for months, that other firm, in a shakeup that uh, AP reported at the time as a dispute over unpaid legal fees. So, and I recall when that happened, and and so this is all now making sense. Last week, Cohn, of course, told lawmakers that he has uh, not been paying his current attorney, Lanny Davis, who has served as an advisor and spokesperson for Cohn over the past several months. Cohn has also tried crowdsourcing his legal fees. He set up a GoFundMe page or at least Davis set it up for him uh, after he first pleaded guilty in August. And so far, that GoFundMe page has collected about $215,000. So there's that. But that's Trump's problem right now. He's got a lot of them, and I don't care about any of them. Well, I care about all of them, actually, but I don't care about the fact that they are problems for him. The rest of us are just hoping to clean up the mess that this uh, guy, Donald Trump, has made as soon as possible. And to that end, as we look ahead again to 2020, the next best chance to clean up this mess. Uh, Some more news from the presidential uh, contest 
that looms. Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio announced on Thursday that he will not seek the presidency. A decision, he said, uh, came after a tour of early primary states left him more confident that his party was focusing more on labor and workers than it had back in 2016. He said in a statement, I will do everything I can to elect a Democratic president and a Democratic Senate in 2020. The best place for me to make that fight is in the U.S. Senate, he said. Brown is the second Democratic senator uh, to pass on a White House bid over this past week. Oregon's Jeff Merkley had released a similar statement on Monday. Both senators had hired staff in some of the early states to sketch out a uh, populist argument for a populist Democrat with a record of winning white working class voters that could break the coalition that is said to have narrowly elected Donald Trump. Former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg also announced this week that he would not seek the nomination, as did former Attorney General Eric Eric Holder, and at least seemingly so did Hillary Clinton. I say seemingly because there was a bit of hedging after uh, that, uh, the news of that initial announcement. You know, and the hedging, I, I'm not even sure if that's realistic or if that's just somebody trying to continue to foment, hey, look, Hillary Clinton, let's all get some clickbait. stalk her to make her life yeah. a living hell any way they can. Yeah, yeah I mean, it gets so. the clicks, so. Brown, uh, who had never seriously considered a presidential bid until he was urged to do so after 2016, found that he did not have the same investment in a run as other Democrats. His decision may open up some breathing room for other Democrats. Uh, Dave Weigel reports over at Washington Post uh, who were making similar populist arguments and who had overlapping allies in the labor, labor movement on the left. Allies of Senator Bernie Sanders, for example, saw Brown as a potential threat to the Vermont senator's candidacy. Uh, offering Democrats a younger, fresher voice with a record of victories in the Midwest. Uh, on most issues, Brown fell in line, however, with the rest of his party and the rest of the presidential field. His most competitive advantage to some early state Dems was that he had taken many progressive positions in an increasingly Republican-leaning state of Ohio. Brown said, I've seen so many national Democrats look at this as either you speak to the progressive base or you speak to workers. Brown said, if I have to choose between the if we have to choose between the two, we lose. Agreed, Senator. Hey, this guy's good. <laughs> the good news is we don't. Have Maybe to he choose. should run for president. Uh. <laughs> uh, he's, he's very good. So anyway, uh, Democrats with an eye on control of the Senate may be relieved by Brown's decision. Had he won the presidency, Ohio's Republican governor would have appointed his replacement. So, OK, never mind, Senator, don't run for president. I think uh, that's a good point. I think uh, above and beyond removing Donald Trump from office in 2020, if he is still there, Restoring a Democratic majority Senate is almost as high, if not a higher priority, I should think, for uh, for Democrats and for the good of this nation at this point, as will become clear uh, over the next hour as we discuss a few more of these stories I want to try to get to today. Uh, and speaking of elections, as we do on this show from time to time, <laughs> from time to time, shut up who asked you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, coming down on idiots uh, regarding elections, like some of the folks 
in Philadelphia on its elections commission uh, with two Democrats and one Republican on that city's commission, by the way, uh, and the state of Georgia, along with the state of Delaware, various counties in Ohio and Texas and Iowa and Kansas, not to mention my own theoretically very Democratic home county of Los Angeles, all of which are now moving or, or have already moved to or are trying to move to 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems in advance of 2020, systems that produce an unverifiable so-called paper ballot summary card that cannot be verified after an election and that uses computer-printed barcodes on the ballot summary in order to tabulate votes that no human being can actually read or approve before they're tabulated by the other, by another computer. All of this uh, they're trying to do in advance of the 2020 presidential election. I am trying to sound the alarm about what a terrible idea this is, now aided uh, with a whole bunch, a bevy of cybersecurity and voting system experts who have uh, come to understand that these computer ballot marking devices are unverifiable and they are unauditable, etc. So anyway, I, I, I spent a lot of time beating up on these idiots who are moving to these systems. So let me take a second to congratulate those counties, those people who aren't idiots, these counties who are not run by uh, dopes and are doing something right here, like choosing to move from their old touchscreen systems instead of to new touchscreen systems, but rather to hand-marked paper ballot systems, especially in swing states. Swing states like Pennsylvania, where much of the state has long been forcing voters to vote on 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems at the polling place, and that's what the uh, city of Philadelphia incredibly is uh, is well has been doing for years and is planning to do again with new expensive also unverifiable easily hacked systems but uh, in Butler County Pennsylvania a rural rural Republican leaning county of about 200,000 residents north of Pittsburgh they decided this week to make a smart decision not a stupid one so let me let KDKA's uh, CBS 2's uh, Joe uh, uh, Delano in Butler, Pennsylvania, tell you about it as if uh, the, the county has somehow both, you know, he's reports this like, you know, they have just split the atom for the first time in Butler County. And uh, as these guys love to say when this happens, that they've gone back to the future by moving to hand marked paper ballots. Butler County is going back to paper ballots. Political editor John Delano explains why. It's back to the future in Butler County. A return to those old-fashioned paper voting ballots. It feels like we're going backwards in some ways. However, you know, obviously this was a mandate that came down from the state, um, from the governor, uh, that said that we needed to move to a some sort of a, a paper ballot tracking system um, for before the 2020. Uh, elections. And so um, we did make a recommendation yesterday to, to go to a, a paper ballot scan system. Butler County Commission Chair Leslie Oshie said the new voting system could be implemented this November 
to work out any issues before next year's presidential race. You don't want to experiment with that in the presidential election. You want to be ready to go. The state has ordered every county to make sure there is a paper trail if they use electronic voting systems because Homeland Security says that this state was one of 21 targeted by the Russians in 2016. Of all the news and, and hype about the, uh, the hacking and the, the security breach, uh, it's important that we get back down, you know, we go back to our roots and, and do what works and what makes sense. And this certainly does. Commissioners say the current electronic no paper trail system was old anyways and money has been set aside for its replacement, estimated at just over a million dollars. So far, they say Butler voters have not objected. Pretty much everybody said, look, that's one of the primary goals of what we do in county government is make sure that the election is safe and honorable, right? So they have no issue with the expense is what everyone has fed back to me. They want to make sure that they have a fair, clean election. And that's critical. And so we are delivering that. While voters will vote by paper, the ballots will be scanned and tabulated electronically, meaning no long waits for results like in the old days. Now, I'm old enough to remember when my mother worked the polls, ballot counting until 2 a.m. in the morning. Well, that's not going to happen with electronic scanning. Now, because all three Butler County commissioners will be on the ballot this year, the final decision on the voting system will be made by a judge-appointed Board of Elections. New at 6, I'll have more from the Director of Elections on exactly on how this new system will work for voters. Well, there you go, John Delano. <laughs> Wonderful to hear it. Back to the future. And not only that, is he back to the future? Apparently, we've gone back to 1927 to report on these paper ballots. Who had who had ever heard of something so crazy? I do love local news when they do those packages. <laughs> and we won't have to wait until 2 a.m. It'll just be done three hours earlier thanks to these uh, computerized scanners. Well, that's, you know what? Uh, he remembers when it took until 2 a.m. Now, you know, I you know beggars can't be choosers here. I'm glad we've got hand-marked paper ballots coming to Butler, and I think it is uh, uh, amusing and pathetic of me that I'm making fun of these people who I'm actually lauding here. <laughs> That's just the kind of a snarky jerk that I guess I am. <laughs> But uh, so anyway, good news there. Yes, they are going to computerized scanners, which I also have a problem with. But at least there are handmarked paper ballots that we can go and figure out. We can at least try. We can fight to find out how people actually voted. So for now, I will take it. But, you know, the fact that he notes that it used to take until 2 a.m., I guess now it'll be done by 11 p.m. The fact that three hours, really, that's it. Three hours, we have to use computer scanners to save us three hours. We cannot wait to find out who is going to be the leader of the free world over the next four years because we need to save three hours on election night? Really? Priorities, you know? You want it now. This is America. No, we don't want it now. I know. We, we want, want it right. right. Yes. We want it accurate. We want yes. it right. Okay, but I'm not complaining. I'm uh, behaving myself, and I'm saying, that's wonderful. Back to the future in Butler County. Wonderful. Thank you, Butler. And and good luck. And, uh, well, we didn't see his uh, 6 p.m. report when he explains how this will work. But I imagine it's something like take the piece of paper, take a pen, choose who you want, put it in the scanner. And then add them up. One plus one 
plus one. Well, that, but the humans aren't going to do that. The computers are going to do it. But, you know, they talk about, I mean, this is one of the reasons in, in Georgia that it now looks like they are going to these uh, new computer-marked systems, not just computer-scanned, but computer-marked with touchscreens, as they claim, well, we've uh, been using these for 15 years, these touchscreens. Voters are more used to it. They won't know what to do if you hand them a piece of paper and a pencil. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so there's that. Thank you, Butler. Meanwhile, in the rest of the country, elections and voting rights and 2020 are also on the minds of both voters and members of Congress this week. We reported yesterday that Democrats on the House Oversight Committee had sent a letter to the, speaking of Georgia, to the new Republican governor and former secretary of state. I was going to say former vote suppressor, but he may still be uh, vote suppressing even as governor. But in any event, governor and secretary of state Brian Kemp and to his uh, successor, Brad Raffensperger, in the secretary of state's office, a letter seeking documents on the voter purges and voter registration suspensions and poll closures and undeployed voting machines in the 2018 elections in the state. And I should add, Congress is also seeking any information on the still completely unexplained, huge, unprecedented undervote rate in last November's lieutenant governor's race in the uh, in the Peach State. Uh, There's still a lawsuit uh, moving through the courts on that. And um, in any event, we're finally seeing some federal oversight of last November's illegitimate gubernatorial election in the great state of Georgia. And today now, AP is reporting that uh, this year, congressional Democrats are hoping to make voter access and voter suppression a top tier political fight. Democrats are calling for new legislation and increasingly pressuring Republicans in both the House and Senate aiming to highlight enduring restrictions that prevent some voters from casting ballots and hoping to also energize key parts of the party's base of supporters in the House. Democrats chose to make their first major piece of legislation, H.R. One, significantly numbered H.R. One, a bill that would make it easier to register to vote. It includes, among other things, and it's a massive elections and ethics reform bill. It's called the For the People Act, H.R. 1. It includes automatic universal voter registration, expansion of early voting. It prevents mass uh, voter purges. It requires uh, independent redistricting commissions to avoid partisan gerrymandering. It would require every voter in America to have the uh, to be allowed the option to vote on a hand marked paper ballot. Hooray. It also endorses D.C. statehood. It requires more campaign finance disclosures for dark money groups. It requires presidential candidates to release 10 years of tax returns. Now, this bill, H.R. 1, in the U.S. House may come up for a vote on Friday, where, given the Democratic majority there, it is likely to pass. Senate Democrats, who remain in the minority in the upper chamber, at least for now, also say they intend to make voting rights a top priority. Senate Democrat uh, Democratic leader Chuck Schumer said in an interview that we are going to go on the offensive. We're going to make it an issue in the 2020 campaigns. We Democrats have to fight in this more aggressive, stronger, (laughs) focused way. 
And, of course, I, I've overstated how he actually said it. There was uh, some snoring in between there. In any event, uh, interestingly enough, Desi Do- uh, Doyen, you also quote Schumer saying something similar on climate change and the Green New Deal in your Green News report coming up later, as yes. I recall. Another barn burner of a speech from the uh, Senate minority leader there. What passes for a barn burner from Schumer, yes. He said he will be uh, targeting three specific areas when it comes to elections. Federal oversight of election laws in states with a record of voter disenfranchisement, automatic voter registration, and statehood for the District of Columbia. All of this coincides with today's 54th anniversary of Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama, when peaceful protesters, including civil rights icon Congressman John Lewis, who was a young activist at the time, when these protesters were tear gassed and beaten by Alabama state troopers as they attempted to march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma on March 7, 1965, in a demonstration for voting rights for African-Americans. It was a major incident, of course, of the civil rights movement 54 years ago, and it led to the passage of the Federal Voting Rights Act of 1965, which uh, in turn led to millions of black Americans gaining access to the vote. Increasingly, their uh, political power uh, has grown over the decades, but increasingly there has been more of an effort to block Once again, the African-American vote. In any event, uh, it should be noted 54 years ago today and after after which uh, after the Voting Rights Act, we saw many more black local state federal leaders, including the still serving national treasure, John Lewis. Among the measures that uh, Schumer said he would sign on to is the Voting Rights uh, Advancement Act the VRAA that was introduced by Senator Patrick Leahy in the Senate last week, along with companion legislation over in the U.S. House, which we haven't even gotten a chance to talk about. So I want to note the introduction of this legislation. Uh, Hopefully it will pass the Democratic House, whether it ever sees the light of day in the uh, Republican-led Senate is, well, another question. But last week, congressional Democrats unveiled the legislation. It is meant to restore the provision of the Voting Rights Act that the U.S. Supreme Court gutted back in 2013 that uh, would require certain jurisdictions to secure approval from the federal government before making voting changes. Jurisdictions with a history of discrimination at the voting booth. The so-called preclearance provision was killed by the essentially killed by the Supreme Court back in 2013 with the majority on the court arguing that the formula that was used by Congress to determine which jurisdictions were required to clear voting changes, that that uh, formula was outdated, even though it had been updated many times over the years. So essentially what the Supreme Court did Uh, was they killed preclearance for everybody in every jurisdiction in the bargain, which is why we have seen this proliferation of voter suppression in a bunch of previously covered states over the past six years. 
Uh, a spokesperson for Congresswoman Terry Sewell of Alabama, she's the lead sponsor of the House legislation, told HuffPost that 11 states would be expected to be returned to preclearance under this new provision. The states would include Alabama, California, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, and Virginia. And some of those states uh, cannot be uh, added to the list of states that should have uh, should require preclearance fast enough. Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont introduced the companion legislation. The bill in the Senate is backed by 46 senators, according to a uh, news release on Leahy's site. Uh, I believe all of them are Democrats. You'll be shocked to learn. Uh, there's there's only 47 Democrats. I know. There, so, so if you're it wondering is, who I'm is, wondering who the the one Democratic senator. That's if it's all Democratic. I don't senators, know who so. it is, <laughs> Joe Manchin. But I'm guessing. I don't know. Uh, in any event, the bills uh, would institute a new formula that applies to all states. Uh, and and hinges on a finding of repeated voting rights violations in the preceding 25 years. If a state was found to have experienced multiple violations within a quarter century period, officials would be required to obtain federal approval before making changes to state voting systems. Sounds good to me. Apply it everywhere. Uh, the bill also allows the attorney general authority to request federal observers be present anywhere in the country when there is a serious threat of racial discrimination in voting. Sewell, who herself grew up in the town of Selma, Alabama, where uh, Congressman John Lewis once led that major civil rights march 54 years ago, she said in a statement that the bill would allow the Justice Department to stop future efforts aimed at voter suppression before they are allowed to happen. And that's the problem right now. We still have the Voting Rights Act, but the provision that blocked these discriminatory laws before they could take effect, that is what was gutted. Now we have to wait until the election's over and the damage is done in order to try to uh, get some justice here. She said, in, um, in my hometown of Selma and throughout Alabama's 7th Congressional District, Americans bled, marched, and died for the right to vote. But the modern-day voter suppression we saw in 2018 in the midterm elections shows that the old battles have become new again. So uh, House Democrats uh, have previously pledged to make voting rights and a response to the uh, 2013 court decision one of their top priorities in the uh, in the new Congress. The Senate version of the bill is expected to meet heavy re resistance, of course, from the GOP led majority, because I guess they are in favor of voter suppression over in the uh, in the Senate on the GOP side. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell took aim at the Democratic-led efforts to expand voting rights in a floor speech last week when he said Speaker Pelosi's massive new federal takeover of the way states and communities run their elections contains no effort whatsoever to crack down on ballot harvesting. Okay, so he's calling it a federal takeover of elections, which it is not, 
Uh, and uh, he says it contains no effort to crack down on, on ballot harvesting. He said uh, this practice makes elections a kind of scavenger hunt to see which side's operatives can return to headquarters with the most ballots in the trunk of their car. All right, Senator, uh, here's an idea. Introduce an amendment to H.R. 1 or to the Voting Rights Advancement Act to do something about ballot harvesting if you are uh, troubled by it. It is already illegal in many states like North Carolina, but that did not stop Republicans from doing it anyway last year in an attempt to steal a U.S. House election in North Carolina's 9th Congressional District. So if you feel that uh, anything is missing there, um, Senator, why don't you try to add it as an amendment and then let the uh, the people's representatives in the Senate actually vote on the bill. I know. Crazy idea. <laughs> Schumer uh, tells Washington Post Jonathan Capehart today, shame on Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party if making it easier to vote is bad for them. This, again, on the 54th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. Schumer said he wants to undo the damage of the Supreme Court's 2013 decision in Shelby v. Holder that gutted the Voting Rights Act. Um, and uh, he would like to uh, institute automatic registration and grant statehood to the District of Columbia. That those three th points in particular are the uh, Democrats' Uh, top interests in the U.S. Senate. Now, I suspect part of uh, Schumer's efforts that Republicans are perhaps most frightened of, take your pick, but certainly statehood for D.C., which would mean two more, probably uh, two more Democratic senators coming from the new state of Washington, D.C. So naturally, Republicans are against it and apparently prefer taxation without representation for residents of our nation's capital who are taxed but do not have any voting representation in Congress. Remember that whole Tea Party thing? The real one, not the not the 2010 one, the fake one, not the we hate Obama Tea Party, but the real one uh, was about, amongst other things, taxation without representation. Uh, so, you know, and what about that new Tea Party, wherever they now are. Shouldn't they be demanding statehood for D.C. after all? Anyway, Schumer told Capehart that uh, Shelby, uh, the Shelby decision was one of the worst uh, court decisions ever rendered. Uh, he was referring to Justice John Roberts' decision. He wrote the majority opinion in the case, which gutted Section 5, which had required nine states and select counties in six other states to seek federal permission to make changes to voting laws. Uh, and Roberts gutted it on the basis that we've come such a long way from racism in this country since 1965 and Bloody Sunday that we don't need such a provision anymore. Quaint, eh? I am so angry at uh, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. You know, when he came before us, he said he's going to call balls and strikes. But Shelby was particularly despicable. I thought that decision was one of the worst because he said we don't need this anymore. And then within a year, 10 states restrict voting. Give right, me a break. Right. Basically, he said we don't need it anymore because, well, racism. There's no more over. racism. Uh, uh, go, go wake up and smell the coffee, Chief Justice, in all due respect. 
for whatever due respect is due, that <laughs> Chief Justice. Uh, on uh, on Wednesday, McConnell made uh, even clearer that he is not going to let any of these new laws from Democrats that would expand voting rights and suppress voter suppression, that he's not going to let any of that see the light of day in the U.S. Senate, not as long as he and Republicans are in charge of the chamber. Republicans ripped into the House Democrats' H.R. 1 election reform bill on Wednesday at a news conference, arguing that the legislation is merely a tactic to tilt elections in favor of Democrats by, you know, ensuring that anybody who wants to vote, who is legally entitled to vote, actually can vote and maybe even in a way that their ballot can be verified as reflecting their actual intent after the election. Sounds terrible. McConnell uh, dubbed H.R. 1 the, quote, Democrat Politician Protection Act. And he said that the bill is, quote, offensive to average voters and that it will not get any floor time in the Senate. When asked at the news conference why he wasn't bringing the House electoral reform bill to the Senate floor, McConnell uh, uh, grinned. And here's what he had to say. You're opposed to H.R. 1. You're also opposed to the Green New Deal. Why is the Green New Deal getting a vote in the Senate when H.R. 1 is not? Uh, because I get to decide what we vote on. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, so uh, he says, uh, what what is the problem we're trying to solve here? People are flooding to the polls. That's right. They're already voting too much, apparently, for for Republicans. Uh, McConnell in February, however, did say, as you heard the, uh, the reporter asked there, he, he did say he would bring a vote on the Green New Deal, which is uh, the resolution from uh, freshman Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. He would allow that to be voted on for some reason, uh, saying that he wanted to bring that forward because it's so far to the left for most Americans. But if 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 this bill, this election bill is offensive to average voters and too far to the left, why not bring it to the floor for a vote as well, Senator? Um one of the other complaints uh, this uh, actually comes from House Republicans is that H.R. 1 was just rushed through. They're they're pushing this on us. Oh, it Lord. was it rammed through, uh, said uh, Rodney Davis of Illinois. He's the top Republican on the House Administration Committee, um, saying that it falls under the purview of several committees. Well, five House committees, in fact, did hold hearings on H.R. 1. There were hearings held in Judiciary, Homeland Security, Ways and Means, Oversight and Reform, as well as the House Administration Committee prior to the bill moving to the floor on regular order. So... Uh, anyway, uh, perhaps some, yeah. You, well, that, that's what they always I, I, do. When Republicans cannot win an argument on the merits or on civil rights, then they'll argue that the process is wrong. The process is too fast or is corrupted in some way. That's the only argument they usually have left. Schumer contends that the Republicans don't like it when poor people, people of color, and students vote, and so they make it harder for them to vote. That is not what our democracy is all about. So uh, perhaps Dems will try to add uh, some of this must-pass legislation, uh, some, some of this election legislation to some must-pass bills, as Schumer suggests. They might be able to get it into things like a federal budget, where it would be even harder for Republicans to 
to hold up bills in order to make the argument that we don't think everyone should be allowed to register to vote. (laughs) So, uh, in any event, today on the 54th anniversary of Bloody Sunday and Selma, Schumer accurately offered his version of outrage to Jonathan Capehart. But here's the thing. I said this on the floor today. Shame on Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party. If making it easier to vote is bad for the Republican Party, or also in H.R. 1, um, uh, allowing wealthy people to overwhelm our system with campaign contributions and all of that, shame on them. Then they're a party that says they don't believe in democracy. The less democracy, the better. Shame. I can't believe McConnell would be so bald-faced to say what he says, but he does. And the Republican Party these days, not the days of old, but the new Republican Party is so intent on keeping their majority that they will do whatever they can to discourage people from voting. I would put that, I would say one word describes that, un-American. Well, uh, he's right. Of course, he would have been right had he said the exact same thing, oh, I don't know, at least 10 years ago before things got so bad in this country. But hey, we're doing what we can, trying to clean up the mess. Speaking of messes, the planet, the climate itself is a mess. And uh, interesting news from Republicans on that score that we will get to right after this break. Hope you'll stick stick with us for it. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. Right, right, you're bloody well right. You got a bloody right to say. Yeah. Right, you're bloody well right. Well, Desi. You know you got a right to say. Republicans uh, seem to be admitting you were right all (laughs) along when it comes to climate change. Of course. Uh, And we will get to your Green News report in a moment uh, as uh, Democrats are going on the offense, not just on uh, election rights, but also when it comes to the climate. So there's some good news ahead in the Green New Deal, uh, in the Green New Deal, in the Green (laughs) News report for a change. Um, but uh, Bloomberg has this really interesting note. We we talked about this, I think, a week or so ago. Oh, welcome back to the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. We talked about um, we talked about this uh, a, a week or so ago that Republicans, with the since the uh, the people, the American people, are getting more and more concerned about climate change and mm-hmm. the problems they're seeing with their own eyes. Um. Who are you going to believe? Your own eyes? How's that saying go? In any event, uh, they're, they're, Republicans are starting to realize they've got a problem when it comes to climate because they've been denying for so many years this isn't happening. What climate change? It's a hoax, et cetera, et cetera. Well, things have changed 
quite a bit of late, according to Bloomberg. Uh, Congressman John Shimkus, who once issued a forceful rejection of climate science at a congressional hearing uh, invoking the Bible. Remember this? Uh, oh, yeah. Declaring that the earth will end only when God declares it's time to be over as he was trying to poo-poo the idea that climate was changing or that uh, man could do anything about it, even if it was. Well, last month in Turnabout, the Illinois Republican actually signed on to a letter with uh, with the top Republican of the House Energy and Commerce Committee that said, quote, prudent steps should be taken to address current and future climate risks. That's a big change. Uh, Shimkus uh, was asked about that, and he said, it's just not worth the fight anymore. <laughs> Let's just see what we can do to address it and not hurt the economy. Wow. Well, that does. That's huge from that guy. Well, from him. Yeah, sure. It's it's but it's something that we actually predicted several years ago, uh, not only in the Green News report, but here on the broadcast that eventually Republicans were not going to be able to get away with denying and calling it a hoax as much as they have been in the past that public opinion was going to shift, that climate science denial was no longer going to be socially acceptable. And so when they finally had to do something about it, they would ease so ever so slowly into saying, "Okay, fine but let's you know make sure we do it our way uh, essentially in a way that will make no difference bloomberg notes that the shift uh comes following uh the public's growing anxiety after catastrophic hurricanes flooding wildfires all linked to global warming fully 74 percent of registered voters now think global warming is happening 67 percent said that they are worried about it that according to the yale program on climate change communication and even among republicans where still just 42 percent think global warming is happening uh at least so-called conservative republicans uh, that is a five percent increase since the poll taken a little over a year ago. So they they yeah, they do see the writing on the wall. Moreover, as Bloomberg notes, Democrats have seized the issue with populist fever and uh, proposing the sweeping plan to phase out climate warming gas emissions through a Green New Deal, which at least as of a poll from Business Insider a week or so ago, that Green New Deal, uh, the elements of it are polling uh, at higher than 80 percent. Bingo. Senator, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Thierry, Tiernan Sittenfeld, a senior vice president with the League of Conservation Voters, says all of this is a baby step forward. It remains to be seen whether Republicans are sincere or whether they're just starting to engage in deceitful rhetoric. I would say it's probably yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that last one there. Uh, nonetheless, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, she chairs the uh, Senate Energy and National Resources Natural Resources Committee. She has long acknowledged uh, climate change. She vowed this week uh, to prioritize climate change during the panel's first hearing on the topic since 2012. She outlined that global warming has been devastating to her home state from thinning uh, sea ice to drought. It's not just her. Um, in the uh, Senate Ag Committee, uh, which is planning a climate-related hearing in the coming months, focused on whether ex on how extreme weather's effects uh, on crops is uh, harming the agriculture industry. It's nice chaired, of them to notice. Yeah, well, it's chaired by uh, Kansas Republican 
Senator Pat Roberts, he says, quote, nobody that I know of in farm country does not realize we have climate change. Question is what we do about it, he said. I'm so glad we're finally going to have this conversation we should have had 20 years ago. It gets better. Lindsey Graham of South Carolina says there's a growing consensus on our side that man-made emissions are contributing to global warming. Let me just add really quick, scientists say human contributions are not just contributing, that since 1950, humans are responsible for all of the global warming. Well, don't complain. These people are coming around to I you. I am going to complain. That they would do make not... you as much of a jerk as uh, someone who might complain that somebody's moving to hand-marked paper ballots, but they're using computers to count them. Don't well, be that jerk. I'll be that jerk. Thank right. you. Uh, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Of course, his solution is uh, to get more, uh, to use more natural gas, despite the problems there, but at least he's beginning to acknowledge it. But one more before we get out. Uh, in 2015, John Cornyn, the uh, senior Republican from the oily state of Texas, joined with uh, most of his Republican colleagues to vote against an amendment that stated climate change was real and caused by human activities. He would not. He had to vote against that, just that climate change was real and caused by humans. Now, however, Cornyn is uh, apparently whistling a different tune. Cornyn said in an interview, we are having conversations about how to address the problem, which is emissions. He just said it. The problem is emissions. He said his goal is to do so in a way that continues to let the economy flourish and come up with solutions well, you know what? We'll uh, we'll take it. We'll see we'll what take I'll it. see what happens. I don't think they deserve a pat on the back now. Sorry. Uh, well, all right. No back patting for you. Nope. Uh, but it's interesting and it's notable, and they're not it just is a shift. they're not just saying, "Oh, climate change is real." Climate change, climate change is all the time. It's changed for millions of years. Now they're actually saying, "Yeah, you know what? Man is causing it, and the problem is emissions from burning." fossil fuels. We're getting there. Quick break, and we'll be back with the Green News Report and Desi Doyen. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. You know, I, I missed, uh, Desi, one of the uh, one of the lines from that Bloomberg article talking about Lindsey Graham, uh, that he has apparently recently been discussing the issue of climate change with Mitt Romney, <laughs> uh, who has called apparently climate change a critical issue. Didn't Mitt Romney mock Obama about rising oceans uh, yes, as did. a punchline back at the 2008 RNC? Yeah, uh, 2000, yeah, I yeah, believe 2008, Republican National Convention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, you're right, 2012. Uh, as recently as 2012, he was mocking it, but apparently uh, Mitt Romney is also singing a different tune at this point. Quite a, pardon the pun, sea change. <laughs> 
among Republicans. Uh, what do we do about it? Well, we discuss that in our latest Green News report. One of the realities of coal-burning plants is that you need a place to dispose of the waste. Toxic coal ash waste found contaminating groundwater in 39 states. Plastic pollution contaminating even the deepest ocean trenches. Former U.S. officials slammed Trump White House for ignoring military on climate change. Plus, Democrats believe this is an issue of surpassing importance. What do our Republican colleagues believe? Senate Democrats go on offense as Republicans lie about the Green New Deal. The truth behind those lies and much more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent Green News, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. When I saw the, the new Green Deal, Sean, I thought it was a Saturday Night Live skit. You know, drunk uncle spouting off. No, you must have been watching Fox News, Joe Bastardi of Fox News. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I guess the folks on Fox News must be in favor of toxic arsenic and mercury and, you know, the brain cancers that go with it. Well, that would seem to be the case because two environmental groups have released an analysis of mandatory water monitoring reports required by an Obama-era rule finding unsafe levels of toxic substances in the groundwater at hundreds of mostly unregulated storage ponds near U.S. coal plants. Wow, that's terrible. I guess we need to get rid of that Obama-era rule. Well, that's what the Trump administration is trying to do. Those storage ponds store the toxic waste left over from burning coal for electricity, and they did find that those substances are already contaminating the drinking water near more than a dozen plants. The Trump administration has also weakened regulations governing toxic coal ash waste. And this is all done via Donald Trump's Environmental Protection Agency? Yes. Neat. Disturbing news about the state of the oceans this week. Scientists have found that heat waves are sweeping the ocean like wildfires, just like on land, and they're now happening far more frequently than they did last century, harming marine life. A different study finds humans' plastic waste is everywhere, with researchers warning that the deepest ocean trenches are now becoming, quote, the ultimate sink. Last year, a plastic bag was documented at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the deepest point on the planet. In a new study this week, researchers for the first time confirmed that deep-sea creatures are actually eating the plastic pollution. They found microplastic fibers in the stomachs of every tiny animal they tested. Mm. In politics, 58 former high-ranking military and intelligence officials have issued a stern rebuke to the Trump White House. Good. In a letter, they objected to the administration's plan to create a panel to challenge the government's own scientific findings that climate change poses a threat to national security. They warned President Trump that, quote, imposing a political test on reports issued by the science agencies and forcing a blind spot onto the national security assessments that depend on them will erode our national security. It is dangerous to have national security analysis conform to politics. Why does Donald Trump hate the military? Meanwhile, a new analysis by New York University calculates that if the Trump administration succeeds in enacting all of its proposed rollbacks of Obama-era environment and climate 
policies, it will cause the release of 200 million metric tons of extra emissions each year. That's the equivalent of 54 coal plants, further damaging the climate and leading to thousands of premature deaths. It would be a record. Everyone said it wasn't possible. But instead of debating policy solutions to climate change, Senate Republicans instead launched a full court press on the Senate floor on Wednesday to lie and fearmonger about the Green New Deal resolution introduced by Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Democratic Senator Ed Markey. Indiana Republican Todd Young promoted wild cost projections and false claims based on a report by a fossil fuel industry-funded front group. Over the next decade, the so-called deal would cost up to $65,000 per American household per year. Needless to say, that is not true. What? They're making stuff up? Yep. Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts pointed out that Republicans are trying to dodge the fact that they have no plan of their own. We can unleash a technological revolution to solve the problem. That is what we should be debating out here this afternoon. Not a whole group of bogus facts produced by the Koch brothers, paid for by the Koch brothers... Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York said Senate Democrats plan to go on offense and make combating climate change a central issue of their 2020 campaigns. It's a remarkable shift from just a few years ago. It is, though, what that offense looks like remains to be seen. We are talking about Chuck Schumer and Senate Democrats. Yes. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. so pessimistic. (laughs) Well, at least now, maybe, perhaps, just possibly there's a chance that we might be able to start talking about these policies that we need to enact, and let's have that debate. Well, we'll have to have it on a different show, because i got to get out. Thank you very much (laughs) to our producer, Desi Doy, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. And look, while you're there, please consider stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. We rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. You folks who help us out at bradblog.com slash donate. You are it. We need your help. Drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. That is it. Until we meet again, I am Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.